everyone. This is Robin Hattersley from Campus Safety Magazine. Welcome to our podcast. Shortly before the coronavirus pandemic, I had the privilege of interviewing Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department Captain Roderick Armelin, Lieutenant Donald Mueller, and Deputy Sheriff Elias Vasquez about their Higher Education Assessment Team, or HEAT program, with the Los Angeles Community College District. HEAT teams provide services to at-risk students and conduct threat assessments on individuals who exhibit concerning behavior. I was really impressed with the program and its success. Unfortunately, right after I met with them, the pandemic hit and turned everyone's lives upside down. But I didn't want to forget about my interview with these gentlemen because I believe other colleges and universities could really benefit from learning from their experiences and their successes. So now with the COVID-19 vaccines becoming available, more institutions of higher education are resuming in-person classes or are planning on doing so in the next few months. That means that now is the perfect time for us to release this interview because more students will be coming back to campus and there will more likely be greater need for programs like HEAT. So here's my interview with Captain Armelin, Lieutenant Mueller, and Deputy Sheriff Vasquez. Also, be sure to check out some of the photos from my interview with them. Those photos are available on CampusSafetyMagazine.com. Captain Armelin, if you would start by describing, first of all, what the County of Los Angeles Sheriff's Department does with relations to the, uh, is it mostly the community college or is it also a Cal State system as well? Uh, okay, uh, Roger Armelin. Uh, it is uh, um, the, we, we at the Sheriff's Department contract to police the Los Angeles Community College District. And uh, that consists of, that district is the, the largest district in the nation and they actually have nine community colleges spread, over, spread out over 800 square miles that we police. Uh, our bureau, uh, I'm the commanding officer and our bureau consists of approximately 180 personnel. And uh, obviously they're spread out amongst those colleges. We provide all law enforcement and safety services to those nine colleges, and there are some 140,000 students. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and uh, today, we're here to talk about our HEAT team, which is basically, that stands for uh, Higher Education Assessment Team. And um, Don's gonna speak a little more uh, as to what these teams are, and, and how they go, but so you know, we started this comp, we started this team. The uh, team started in 2015. 2015, uh, initially it was one team, we now have two teams, and what it is, is a deputy sheriff is teamed up with a, a licensed clinician from the Department of Mental Health, and those two individuals work uh, 40 hours a week, and they're available to provide uh, services to at-risk students, students that may have a mental health condition, as well as do a threat assessment should some, uh, some concern arise about any individual that uh, is related to the campuses in any way. So, so uh, you know what I'll do now, Robin, is I'll, I'll refer it over to my operations lieutenant, uh, uh, Don Mueller, who is also uh, going to be the next police chief at Cerritos College, Cerritos Woo-hoo. Community College. So go ahead, Don. Yeah, no problem. Um, in 2015, we realized, as I think everybody across the country did, that we've got a, the, a number of mass violence incidents happening on our campuses, public places, is growing exponentially. And it's an absolute definite threat to our students, our faculty, and our communities. Um, and we really wanted to try and do something 
above and beyond the level of training we are currently doing. Um, most of us do active shooter response training, how to respond to an active shooter. Um, we want to try and come up with a, an additional step of that, how we can prevent it in the first place. If there are steps we can do to prevent the incidents from ever happening at first, um, we would save a whole lot more lives than just only response. Um, so we decided as first in the nation to develop what basically a threat assessment team. Um, the goal of our HEAT teams, higher education threat assessment teams, um, was to identify students and faculty with needs, mental health issues and crisis, and to identify those and provide services if possible prior to them reaching a breaking point, prior to them reaching a, a point of turning to violence um, if possible. Um, we entered into a partnership with the LA County Department of Mental Health um, who provided free of cost to us two mental health clinicians, uh, two psychologists to join our teams. And we had two of our deputies who volunteered to go into special training to do extensive mental health training to partner with those clinicians. Um, what we've then done is done an education campaign across all of our campuses among mainly the faculty and the students that if somebody, that they identify somebody or have somebody in class or somebody on the campus or, or an instructor that they come across that they feel something's just not quite right. Something's wrong, they've done behaviors that they identify to bring them to our attention immediately to notify either the administration or the sheriff's off campus, the sheriff's station on campus um, and bring them to our attention so that we can have, and this may not have reached a criminal level yet, that's the whole idea, individuals that haven't reached a point that we really can intervene criminally yet, but that maybe we can step in and provide services prior to reaching And, and this isn't just necessarily threats to other people, it could be threats to themselves, oh, like absolutely. threatening suicide, self-harm, things and like they, that. Our teams, as Elias will tell you, we deal with a lot that are suicidal because that often turns into harm against others in the, in the process. Many of our people who are involved in mass violence are also suicidal. Mm -hmm. And so, the, yeah, it, it all crosses over. So, yeah. Not to mention the, the value, I'm sorry, Roger Carlin, not to mention the value of having the direct link to services to our students, right. faculty, and staff. I mean, they, they, there's no uh, minutia in there. We have the DMH clinician on hand. Uh, who can deal with and provide direct services to, to the needy individual. So, and they, br and they bring with them a whole comprehensive list of other services along with the veteran services, mm -hmm. children and family services, um, addiction services. Um, <laughs> we can even work with animal services if we have <laughs> pet issues involved. Sometimes they do. Um, but they bring a comprehensive list of service providers with them where then when we contact them, they, we actually go out to the homes. This isn't just on campus. They'll go out to the students' homes or the faculty homes, talk with family, talk with parents, talk with other relatives, because sometimes it's a family system problem that's going on to get them to also work with this individual as a, as a team, if possible, um, and identify the issues so that we can get them proper medication, proper mental health counseling, get them into rehab if we need to, or into an in-program, in-living program. Um, we're able to identify if they have weapons, and if necessary, with cooperation, remove those weapons from the home before they get to the point of using them. Learning disabilities, too? As well. Yes. Uh, Elias Velasquez, we do learning disabilities as well. Um, people are on the spectrum of autism, so um, it's not just one being suicidal, homicidal. Um, 
lot of people don't know that in college, between the ages of 18, 20, 22 years old, that's when you actually, some onset of mental illness comes along. And during our college years, that's when people come in and they exhibit different behaviors in which parents don't know about, family members don't know, and just think that person may be acting up badly. So when we get in contact with them, a lot of times the family are grateful for what we do and get them services in either regional services uh, therapists, psychiatrists, or getting medication. And just, just, just so I, just so I have this on the record. So this isn't just a threat assessment, but it's really you're managing these cases True. for sometimes for months or years. Correct. Absolutely, because the students don't. This isn't a situation like a typical public where you bring somebody into a mental health hospital and they're we're done. These students are going to come out. They're going to get released. They're going to come right back to school. So would they stay in contact with the students, the family, and sometimes manage these cases for years? Right. <laughs> Definitely for months and sometimes for years. Um, and even between campuses, when they transfer from campus to campus sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, or move on to a university. Yeah. We go to the univers- university as well. We speak with the campus police and the health center over there. What? And let them know that we're working with them Absolutely. as well for they can continue going on with the So is, is this like the Cal State University system or, or the UC system or, the, or private? I mean, what are, how do you develop your relationships with them to, so, so that information can, can get shared? If well, you, if it that's is. something that still needs to develop better. I mean, we still can give a call to the local PD or the Cal State has their own police system, so does UC. Um, notify them of the information that we have, what the, what the student's status is, that they're transferring there. Assuming but that you know that where, when they're transferring. If we know where they're transferring. Yeah. But sometimes we don't. Yeah. I mean, the wonderful thing for us on, on, this, on these teams is so many of these mass shootings, you've heard in the past that there have been red flags all boom, 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 right. and nobody has done anything about it. Because it doesn't rise to the level of typical law enforcement inter- intervention. There's nothing criminal. They've never done anything criminal for us to intervene. Our heat teams go kind of outside of that area. Um, they're dealing with individuals who necessarily haven't crossed the criminal line yet. That's the whole point, mm-hmm. is to identify them before they get to that point and they, to get them services prior to that happening. They, they work very closely, and maybe Elias can speak on it a bit, with the uh, campus behavior and behavioral intervention teams, which I'm sure you're familiar with. They work closely with them and they have an established referral process at all the colleges uh, and and education goes on to ensure that the the campus folks know we have these teams available. But maybe you can speak about the behavioral intervention team. And also I was thinking about the, you guys recently worked a case, I believe, where the student was going here in Santa Monica or something like that out of Valley. Well, he had transferred to the Santa Monica, correct. So, the so this is this is uh, Deputy Sheriff Vasquez, pardon me. Correct. Uh, the behavior intervention team is a staff, a nurse, um, sheriff's department as well. That they set up a meeting every, could be weekly or monthly, to discuss students that may be behaving some type of uh, uh, in class, exhibiting some behavior that are either interrupting the class, um, getting mad at other fellow students, or maybe possibly stalking another student. So. The staff member submits a behavior referral form to the BIT team uh, where they can discuss a particular student to find out if they have any uh, services available to them and then they actually discuss um, with the student what the behavior is uh, occurring. So a lot of times the psychologist on, on campus will make an appointment with the student to ask them what's going on with them, if they have any services, if they have anger management issues. Um, 
and they can offer any type of services that may be helping at home. It may be something with the domestic violence going to current as well. Sometimes we do find out. And a lot of times it, during, due to the mental illness, yeah, they, have, they haven't been taking their medication. So that we, we get involved since we're part of that BID team as well and try to help them out get their medication and services they, they might need. Um, a lot of our students that are, are, are on campus tend to move from one district if they get expelled or suspended or decide to move because they have some kind of issue and go to another local uh, community college in which we will go to the community college and speak with them and let them know about the student that we uh, have um, been talked to before and try to help them out so they can continue their medication and the services that they have. They also work with the family of the students as well. I don't know if you mentioned that, that they, they do work with the family because they want to, you know, it's a holistic approach. They want everybody involved. So they work closely with family members as well. Yes, they do. So, um, and before we talk, I, I want to get some specific example. those two specific sure. examples we talked about before. Um, uh, you talked specifically about the high school START program. What does START stand for? School Threat Assessment Response Team. Okay. And, um, uh, and I'm going to get to, like, what the future imp improvements you would like to see af after we get the, but... Um, uh, how much are you able to work with the high schools as far as, because, you know, sometimes the high schools are dealing with, with people exhibiting concerning behavior, and then they graduate, and they, and they come to, they come to, to you guys. We don't, well, our real connection is through the, department, the L.A. County Department of Mental Health, okay. because they're on both teams. Um, they work with the high school teams, which are primarily paired with a different law enforcement agency. They, the L.A. Unified School District has its own policing agency. They partner with the Department of Mental Health to handle the high schools and junior highs, um, intermediate schools. Um, when we do have somebody who is moving to a community college, they've already got records with the Department of Mental Health of that, mm -hmm. which don't go away, gives us a connection to there. Our partnership with START probably could be better, mm -hmm. um, as it is with other community colleges and universities. There really is no formal network at this time to share information on threats and students that may be potential future threats. Um, unfortunately, they were able to transfer pretty easily from one to the other, and everybody kind of starts from scratch. Um, there, and that's a challenge is, nationwide. That's a real challenge across there, the country. There, there is. A, well, our, our, our program does have some, some areas in there where there's real good communication. I mean, obviously, we have a great relationship with the high school policing yeah. agencies around, but the other side of that, too, is uh, the HEAT team. Um, um, an, another piece that we have is a, a criminal intelligence analyst. And so... Um, um, By the way, this is um, Captain oh, Armelin. sorry, Captain Armelin. <laughs> so, so that is a, uh, an, an individual who, who works for us and is able to do a thorough analysis of persons of concern. And, a, and, and in particular, when we realize that they're a threat to the safety of the campuses um, or, or even a particular individual. And so Deputy Elias and, and, and his uh, partner team and his partner, because there's two teams, uh, we have what's called a, uh, a, what do you guys call that meeting? I'm sorry, the, uh, the intel meeting, where they meet once a month, it's okay, they meet once a month uh, with our intelligence analysts and other individuals involved in the intelligence world uh, for our department. Um, and they also uh, will have start teams involved in those meetings occasionally. And during those meetings, if there's a particular individual, be it high school or college, that 
uh, they can see a relationship or a nexus to the colleges, and this could be some kid that they learn is going to come to one of the schools. That individual is discussed in those meetings as well, bringing them up to speed uh, on that person so that they're aware of this possible uh, uh, threat or individual that will mm-hmm. be coming to one of the colleges. So there is some information sharing there. Yeah. And the intelligence al- analyst, um, he or she, um, I, I mean, I guess you call it a crime analyst, but I think you mentioned that the, she, he or she rever- reviews social media posts, uh, other, other, whatever. Yeah, she's not, she's not the typical crime analyst that most police departments use just track crime and trends in the area. She is more of an intel, deep dive uh, assessment, threat assessment specialist, who will, if whether we have an individual or a group or a protest coming onto the campus, can look into their backgrounds, look into their Instagram posts, their Facebook, their um, anything online with them. She'll pull medical health history. She'll pull criminal history. She'll she'll put together a full workup on the individual or group and history. Sometimes we have groups that could be present violent issues. Mm-hmm. She'll look at all their previous protests and all their previous events and, and what kind of actions have come from those if there's been violence or arrests or prosecutions. She'll put together a full profile for us, which helps our, our teams when they go out have, have a lot more comprehensive knowledge before they even make contact of who they're dealing with and what they're looking at, whether this person has violence in the past, whether they have weapons, whether they've been posting intent to do violence or not. Um, that's not the kind of thing we typically get in law enforcement or really are able to look at, mm. and she's been invaluable to us, tremendously valuable. Yeah, um, the whole social media aspect and and being able to um, decipher what is actually being said, you know, what the meaning is behind what they're posting and and, and the the different, um, like, what the different um, initials mean and things like that. A good example of that, and I don't know how she does it, we got a letter sent, I don't remember if it was L.A. Pierce or Mission, it was in the Valley, there was a threatening letter to the school um, with no return address, no name, anonymous, saying they were going to blow up the school, do violence, but nothing to tie it to an individual. But it had some weird symbols on the envelope on the outside. Within a day, she tied it to exactly the same type of threat on the East Coast at numerous colleges on the East Coast in New York, um, where they had got the same types of letters with the same symbols on them. They were tracking it to some individual just who had serious mental health issues, mm-hmm. um, I think in the Boston area. Mm-hmm. Um, but how she did that, an envelope <laughs> with nothing attached, but normally we don't have individuals that have the time and the ability and the, uh, the training to be able to do that. She has been invaluable to us to mm-hmm. help us decipher what's a real threat and what may not be mm-hmm. and what the level of threat mm-hmm. we're looking at mm-hmm. when we make contact. If the images that are being posted are, are original or if they're or they've just been copied, copied if, they've right, been, yeah. if those are replicas from somewhere else on the internet that everybody's just shared, yeah. or if they're an original, yeah, stuff like that, yeah. she's, she's fantastic in helping us really decipher, is this a legitimate threat? And sometimes they are. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes we have absolute, we had a good example of that, if you want the example, this is yeah. Lieutenant Mueller. Um, in 2016, one of our uh, colleges that we con- that contracts with us uh, Los Angeles Trade Tech College. Um, we had a student who had just left class. A, another individual approached that student outside of class, identified themselves and claimed to be an off-duty LAPD officer, and lifted a shirt and showed a gun. 
and told the student that they needed them to come with them. And the student initially complied out of fear, started walking with them. When they started to leave the campus and head to a parking structure, the student kind of freaked and just turned around and ran, and ran straight to our sheriff's station on campus um, and let the deputies inside know exactly what had just happened. Well, between a combination of camera footage, um, description from that person, and a, one of the instructors, uh, we were able to identify that person who was a student, an additional student on the campus, and identify who they were. Um, our heat team was notified because this was a potential threat to do some intel um, and start looking into this person. We notified a criminal intelligence analyst because we had a name and we were able to identify through school records who the student was. Uh, our internal analyst got into the social media profile, found lots of violent postings in the social media profile, claiming that he was going to intent on, in a very near future, doing some kind of violent event on the campus. Um, our heat team made contact with the parents, found out the parents were scared to death of him also, and felt that he was on the break of doing something dangerous, um, but they were afraid to do anything about it because they were afraid of <laughs> they might target them. Um, he had not returned home that day. We had our local sheriff station put people outside to watch the house, hoping he would come home uh, to make contact with him. He never came home. Um, we did were able to pull a schedule for the following Monday. He didn't come home the whole weekend. Hmm. Um, but the instructor, we talked to the instructors who said he was odd, but he was obsessive on being on time. He was the first one in class, 10 minutes prior to class. Every single day he had class. He was always there like clockwork. He was almost an obsession type thing. Hmm. So we knew that when his first class was, and he was always there 10 minutes early, so we kind of set up on the campus. We had several of our officers in plain clothes outside the campus. Um, that school, luckily, is completely gated around, so we were able to limit the number of access points. So we knew he had to come in. I think we actually had two access points open. So he had to come in through one of two ways. Um, so we were able to watch the campus prior. And sure enough, like 15 to 20 minutes prior to his class, so he probably would be there 10 minutes before, one, some of our deputies spotted him coming out of a parking structure walking across the crosswalk. And we were able to detain him. And at the time, he was carrying a backpack loaded with a loaded 45 caliber handgun, uh, 23 knives and throwing darts, uh, the majority of an AK-47 that had been broken down, uh, ski masks, a whole bunch of other violent items in his backpack, which we were convinced he was coming onto campus to do some kind of mass violent incident or harm somebody that he was intent on. And because of our heat team's intel and our criminal intelligence analysts, we were able to prevent something. Instead of having to respond after, we were able to prevent it from happening in the first place. So we're really proud of that incident being yeah. a real success story of our heat team. One of our, one of our great success. Yeah, huge one. Save lives. Yeah. Absolutely save lives. Uh, quick question as far as um, that particular situation or, or other situations, have you been able to, not only the, the social media anal analyst, yeah. Analyzation. Wait, that's analysis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I made up a new yeah, word there. <laughs> I like it. Um, I like it. But also, like other technologies, were you able to pull like access control records or or video surveillance footage, things like that, to, to help you with your your um, your investigations? Video. Well, video surveillance uh, obviously is a big part of everything we do, mm -hmm. and, and we've certainly used it on multiple cases. Uh, uh, um, uh, I'm sure they pull video 
uh, surveillance of this individual uh, to include uh, prior visits to the campus because one of the things we probably do is want to know what routes he's taking because mm -hmm. we're going to have to take into consideration what our safety plan should be to ensure no one gets harmed. So we use it constantly. Uh, um, um, our, our, uh, our Intel analyst uses different systems and networks to do research. Um, uh, but we, we certainly used it in that case. I, I remember another case where we had a serial threat person who was continuously writing threats uh, uh, in one bathroom in particular, saying, hey, I'm going to blow it up today. I'm going to shoot it up. We used uh, video extensively mm -hmm. to catch that individual um, um, and surveillance mm -hmm. to identify and catch him. So, and, and a criminal intelligence analyst was huge in that as well. So, mm -hmm. And Captain Omelin, oh, I'm sorry, did, were you going to say something? No. Okay. Um, Captain, you mentioned a different example um, of uh, involving your heat team. Mm -hmm. uh, it, would you mind explaining that again? Certainly, certainly. It's, it's uh, um, really a unique situation and another uh, a success in, in, in solving a crime, basically. What we had is there was an individual, and this is uh, the other heat team, um, um, and that was uh, Deputy uh, Javante Brown. Uh, and his clinician partner. Uh, anyway, they, they had learned of a individual on campus who was recently released from prison and had some bipolar issues. So they came in contact with this person and basically befriended him and uh, um, spent a lot of time getting over there visiting and speaking with him to ensure that he was fine and did not have any issues. And so uh, they, in fact, developed kind of a friendship with him. and. Uh, on a, I believe it was a Monday morning, uh, he came in and, you know, asked to speak with them and basically told them that uh, he had not had a relationship like this with law enforcement and that um, he wanted them to assist him in turning himself in because he had committed uh, what he thought was a murder over the weekend. Uh, and so it turns out that uh, this thing occurred in the city of Long Beach. Uh, the deputies contacted Long Beach Police Department, and it turns out they were looking for him, uh, uh, in fact, had a task force for him to try and identify him. Or, or, or they, had, they had identified him, a task force to try and locate him. And uh, when they called him, they were amazed. They said, hold on to him, we're on the way. And they shot down there, and they were absolutely amazed because they figured he was going to go out suicide by cop or something like that mm -hmm. because his, his history was so violent. But uh, it turns out, because of the great work of, the, of this team, mm -hmm. uh, this individual uh, had stabbed another male numerous times at a, at a party over the weekend. And because of this great relationship, uh, decided, okay, I gotta do the right thing, and I'm gonna use these guys to help me do it. Uh, I, that story, I, I simply you know, love that story because it's- Mind-blowing. It, it really is, and it's a great example uh, because this agency really thought they were going to end up having to have a violent confrontation with him. They were amazed mm -hmm. at the fact that he had done this. So mm -hmm. uh, just a really good uh, example of how these teams can work. So um, as far as uh, what do you think uh, would help the HEAT teams work even better and even be more effective. I know in our previous, before we started the recording, you mentioned about having it be more of a regional thing where you yeah. guys could share information regionally. 
You want to start with W. Lice and then Don can give some hope. Some sure. Um, <clears throat> sometimes we do find difficulties um, trying to get the word out saying that the heat team is um, involved in trying to help people out. So a lot of times the staff members will not uh, relay the information of a particular student because they're afraid that they may go to jail um, or they're afraid that that particular student may act up in class if he tells on the person. So they, they don't know, the staff don't, doesn't know that we're there to actually assist the student and helping him out and getting better services than what he's getting currently. So a lot of times what we do find is that the staff would not report certain um, circumstances that occurred within class or out of class that students tell the staff about. And that could be anything from domestic violence to um, um, acting behaviorally in class or to, to another particular student or even be on the phone on, non-stop and during the class when the student and the staff members tell them to get off the phone they actually continue looking at the phone they could be looking at weapons sometimes we found out and the staff doesn't want to report that as well mm. so I guess they're still trying to get the word out with our heat team out there and let them know what difficulties they have inside the classroom before they give help them out. Is there, do you find that there's a, maybe people don't understand FERPA, you guys know what FERPA is, right? Yes. Do you think people still think, I can't share anything because of FERPA, is that a big misconception you're, you're coming across? Yes, there is too. So a lot of times they do have uh, FERPA or HIPAA as well yeah. and gets involved. So but those two, a lot of people don't understand completely what they can share, don't share. And a lot of times the staff members decide not to tell anything at all to anybody, not even to the chairperson, and let them know what's going on within their classroom or one of the counseling services at all. So that's one thing we've been actually trying to um, convey and letting the people know from the admin staff and, and down and helping them out, saying, you know what, we're trying to help out the people, and FERPA and HIPAA, I know, is um, part of it that they don't understand at all. Mm -hmm. It was interesting. Uh, and this is Mueller. Yeah, Lieutenant Mueller. Captain Armelon and I just attended a Secret Service just released a study, a 15-year study? I think it so, was. I think I believe I think it was. It was a 15-year study of school shootings across the United States. They just held a, a big briefing for us at the State yeah. Center. I was there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, we were there. And one of their main conclusions was the need for threat assessment going moving forward, not just response to active shooter training, but how can we prevent these things from happening in the first place? which is exactly what we developed this team to do. Um, I would think our biggest need is to see that it needs to be expanded. We're one of the only uh, college agencies that actually does this on a full-time basis. The only one that I know of in California, uh, Southern California, and we need to expand it to other uh, universities, colleges, mm -hmm. and then networks, build some kind of a network for sharing. sharing. Yeah. Um, because the problem is when a student moves from one college to another, or one university to another, unless the first university knows where they're going, you the, can't the incoming one has no clue yeah. what they're getting or who's coming in. And there's no database or anything to, to check into to find what the history. Um, we always will share in, in network. Our criminal intelligence analyst is on multiple networks. She works with the FBI sitting right in her office next door mm -hmm. with our, our regional terrorist network task force. But that doesn't mean it's going to reach Santa Monica College or El Camino College or UCLA. or UCLA or USC. 
they may not be part of any of those task force and may have no clue who's coming transferred into their school all of a sudden this coming spring. We need to have a better networking system where that we all come together and share these things when we know we've got a student because they're going to move. They know that we've figured out who they are. They know they're being watched and they're going to jump somewhere else. There needs to be a better, some kind of, at least regionally, mm -hmm. network where we can share information together. Mm -hmm. um, I think that would be the huge advantage. This is a great start. This is a great beginning. We just need to be able to get the info out to others. Would you say that's that's applicable also for students trans, um, graduating from high school and oh, going absolutely. into college? Yeah, it's the exact same principle. Mm -hmm. Our students are just as violent in high schools. <laughs> in fact, the, the Secret Service study was primarily on high school shootings. Right. Um, so absolutely, I mean, it's the exact same. If we know who's coming in before, instead of waiting for somebody to bring them to our attention, we'd love to know, hey, this guy's had a history in high school of problems mm -hmm. and has had mental health and been already hospitalized several times for mental health issues. Mm -hmm. um, somebody we can keep an eye on from the beginning, so hopefully we can keep them on track right. before they ever fall, so, so we don't have to get them back on track. It's yeah. better if we can keep them. Yeah. Um, if we could have that information coming into us, it, it would be a huge advantage. Mm -hmm. I mean, all it's going to do is prevent more Issues. problems and violence and potentially book death. So. What now? Now that you're a community, you manage community colleges, and and will be done soon. So no I, I know you guys have to move no on. Um, how do you communicate the heat, the the heat program, or, or or to because I mean I mean you've got students who maybe are there for one semester, they're gone. Uh, you've got adjunct professors who teach one class and maybe for only one semester and they're gone. Um, you've got, you know, elderly students, you know, who, who've coming back after they've retired and you've got high schoolers. And how do you communicate with all of them as well as administrators and staff members? And um, how do you communicate with them so that they're aware of the program? Well, we, uh, um, we... This we, is Captain Armland. Oh, yes, I'm sorry, Captain Armland. We, we spend a lot of time... Uh, uh, ensuring that the the campuses are aware of the fact that we have this heat program and that we have these heat teams and we and we do that through a multitude of ways but the biggest way is us going into different uh, um, presentations different uh, gatherings at the campuses and talking about the heat teams uh, I remember when these when these programs kind of first started out they would actually go to uh, I think they called it a brown bag lunch day or something for the staff. And so uh, that was when Don and uh, Captain Newman uh, were here. And they were sending uh, these teams to those brown, brown bag lunch days, and they were actually doing presentations on what the HEAT team does to try and educate folks and let them know it's out there. Uh, the colleges have been outstanding in helping us get the information out. They speak about it continuously in their different uh, meetings and groups. But um, um, the, the biggest way is for uh, through word of mouth and through uh, attending the different events. Um, um, we're also starting to consider whether or not uh, it would be beneficial to have some type of uh, article in the campus papers uh, letting folks know. Mm -hmm. uh, um, and, and in those articles include, you know, some information about 
mental health and taking care of yourself. Mm -hmm. So that, that's really yeah. it. We encourage our campuses, especially during the first week of each semester. They most of them have an introductory week and information, general information for students and new faculty. We encourage them to do a section on campus safety, mm -hmm. include information on the heat teams in that. Um, and most of them have a counseling center, our counseling, which tend to be where a lot of problems tend to get pushed to. And they right. may not be equipped for the things that we're dealing with, mm -hmm. but the counseling centers are very aware of us. Mm -hmm. So, and, and our presence. So that if it mm -hmm. is something that's yes. on a level that's beyond the counseling center's abilities, they'll refer it to us very quickly, um, to each team to yeah. kind of bump it up to it. And we found, uh, uh, actually, uh, uh, the deans they, they seem to have their finger on the pulse at all these campuses. So we spend a lot of time making sure that deans are very aware of these teams. In fact, uh, Don or I will attend the dean uh, uh, union meeting, for lack of a better term. Uh, and, and we talk, and we'll, we'll bring a team, and we talk about the heat team with the deans. Because uh, when you think about it, too, usually them, the counselor, or maybe even the nurse, are the ones who come in contact with folks who are in need. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, if a vast majority of the referrals came through the deans. Hmm. Right. Uh, so we-, we That's great. That. Yeah. yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Especially from the Dean of Discipline, this is uh, Deputy Vasquez. Mm -hmm. um, we do work with a Dean of Discipline who gets all the uh, reports from within school and from teachers. They, they're the ones who get notified about the discipline that's been going on. And we work one-on-one -on -one with, a, with a person. Um, as well as the Dean of uh, Academics, the uh, Dean of Finance, because a lot of issues do come up because of finance issues as well, and that they're not getting their um, the grant money uh, mm -hmm. throughout. So we talk to a lot of people within staff, so the president knows about us, uh, the VPs, the vice president know they're aware of our heat team program as well. So a lot of, the best thing like Captain Armin said was word of mouth, so we do go out there, me and clinician, and we go out there and, and talk to different people all the time, let them know that we're always there, uh, available. Um, anytime they need us, we can go there and talk to the student if they, they're in crisis. The, the schools have really embraced this because it's, it's not typical law enforcement. We're not there to arrest the students and take them out. We're actually part of the comprehensive support system for the students to help them succeed, to help them th thrive. We don't want to have to take them to jail. That's the whole goal, is to get them support, get them services. Get them whatever they need to help them succeed and get back on track. Mm -hmm. So the administration has been thrilled with this. Instead of seeing this as a typical law enforcement agency coming in and arresting, which they don't want. Right. It, the whole goal is to not to have to do that. Occasionally we've had to, and we've, had, we've prevented some really tragic situations. But the majority of our cases don't, never get arrested. A far, far majority, probably 95%, they're... You and the clinician, our deputies and clinician, are working with on a regular basis and get them into services and get them on medication, get them their family support systems mm -hmm. locked up a little bit better so they continue, mm -hmm. so they can stay in school and, be and hopefully be successful and graduate right. and move on with their life. And that's by far the majority of people that we're, our teams are working with. Well, and I would think, by far, I mean, they, we keep on the, the anonymous tip lines from the, from the K through 12. It's sure. like, the vast majority of the of the reports are for self-harming behavior and suicide and it's not i mean there are active threats right. but 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 I, I would assume you're probably dealing with that more than anything yeah yes yeah. you you're the one that contacts somebody yeah i would correct say, yeah, especially, absolutely especially from the health center that's when the counselors are there talk, talking to the students with 
they specify that they have some suicidal thoughts and all. They will call us if they feel that this person is might be suicidal, and we'll go talk to them, interviewing with them, and find out if they are actively being suicidal. They have past suicidal attempts and all, and um, we ask them what's going on at home, at school, and if they have any support services and all. So we do do see a lot of people that are suicidal thoughts from the past and, and current. Anything else? Uh, not, not that I can think about. I'll, I'll just, uh, I'll just add that um, you know, these teams uh, uh, are guys that work the line positions, the supervisors. You know, um, we've got a outstanding relationship with the LA Community College District administrators and staff and everyone. And you know, we, we, you know, we absolutely understand the most important thing. And Don kind of spoke on it a minute ago. The most important thing that happens at these schools is the success and education of these students. And our small but very important piece, which they are a part of, is to ensure that they have the absolute safest environment to accomplish that in. And, and that's really what it's all about for us.